I'm sure by now you've all heard that the stock market has gone absolutely crazy and a lot of people have made a lot of money and a lot of people have lost a lot of money. But unfortunately, one of the byproducts was interest rates started to creep up. You see, typically we see the Dow Jones work directly inversely with the 10-year bond. So if the stocks are having a great day, well, it might mean that the 10-year bond is not. And when that happens, it means interest rates start to creep up. So we did get a few worsened notices over the last week, and that should serve as a reminder to you if you've been on the fence about refinancing. Now is the time. We've identified the floor. Rates aren't going to get any lower than they are right now. There's only one place for them to go, and that's up. Hurry, before it's too late, to SaveWithConrad.com. Now, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, but if you're in a 30-year loan, you're going to be able to pay your house off in half the time with roughly the same monthly payment. Just check out Mario from California. He says everything that Conrad says on his podcast about first family mortgage is true. The whole process was simple and easy. Jimmy was easy to work with. Not only was he able to knock 10 years off of my loan, my interest rate went from 4.25 to 2.62. Thank you to Conrad and his team. You made this veteran very happy. I'll definitely be recommending first family mortgage to my friends and family. What are you waiting for? We've got five-star reviews one after another from families just like yours who either A, needed to knock out some credit card debt and lower their monthly payment by five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month, or folks who were in a 30-year loan and didn't think they could afford a 15-year loan. But now they're paying their house off in half the time, and they're doing it with roughly the same monthly payment. These rates won't last forever. And I want to make sure your debt doesn't last forever. Get a quick quote right now. We're licensed in more than 40 states. It truly is fast and easy at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? If you haven't already made your February payment, you won't have to make your February or your March payment. You're done until April. Find out how easy it is right now for free with a quick quote at SaveWithConrad.com. It's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Kurt Angle Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to drop this. This is something very new, very exciting. We're joined today by the man of the hour, Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. Kurt, how are you, man? I'm great, Conrad. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to start this podcast. We, uh, we've been talking about this for a while. I'm glad it's finally coming to fruition. We greatly appreciate Westwood One support and we're looking forward to bringing you new content every single week. Uh, you know, the drill and all of my other podcasts, we're going to bring you one topic in a long form and have a uh, long form discussion here about that singular topic every single week. And of course we're doing it all because we want to be physically fit at physicallyfit.com. before we get going today, Kurt, tell everybody what you've been up to because physicallyfit.com seems like the place to be. Well, that's my company. I started a supplement company called Physically Fit Nutrition, and we came out with an incredible product called Chicken Snacks. They're derived from, they're made, uh, engineered from chicken breast, and they're made into a Chex Mix uh, substance, same as Chex Mix. And um, we flavored them with 
different flavors, sriracha, honey barbecue, uh, kung po, cinnamon swirl, honey mustard, uh, 11 different flavors. They're incredible, and they're, they're doing pretty well. So I'm really excited. That's, that's what I focused on this year, especially during the, you know, the pandemic. Well, check it out. See what Kurt's been up to. It's pretty incredible. You've probably seen all the boys online talking about it. All these great flavors from sour cream and onion, the cinnamon, to sriracha, honey, mustard. It's all at physicallyfit.com. And, uh, if you haven't already follow Kurt on social media, uh, his official Twitter account, which it seems like is where every wrestling fan is these days is at real Kurt angle. And you can follow our show at the angle pod. Uh, of course I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. And we're excited to be here. Uh, because this past weekend was Royal rumble and that means it's WrestleMania season. So I thought, uh, Hey, why not kick things off talking about one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time, WrestleMania 19. Uh, it's a pretty important WrestleMania in history, but certainly in your career, this has to be at that point, the biggest wrestling moment in your career, maybe without a doubt for, you know, the WWE and pro wrestling sports entertainment, uh, WrestleMania is the biggest event of them all. And WrestleMania 19 was a huge event. And it was the most important event for me because I was main eventing WrestleMania that year. Right. So it was uh, Brock Lesnar and myself uh, going to go at it. Two amateur wrestlers uh, that, you know, never wrestled in college or competed against each other, but they were going to perform against each other at WrestleMania we're going to get into it, but I'm so excited to talk about this show because, well, it's just an interesting time in the company. You know, we've got Hulk Hogan's return still at the forefront of the programming. Uh, the rock has become a Hollywood heel stone cold. Steve Austin is, is preparing to retire with seemingly little notice. Uh, and you're in the main event and your character has really evolved. You know, I don't think anybody had quite the career you did, especially when you started with the company, it felt like, you know, all the accolades came your way very, very soon. Uh, but your character evolved a little bit, you know, obviously you had, uh, the guy who, who racked up maybe the best rookie year in the history of professional wrestling, but then you tried some different stuff. There was team angle with Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. I'm sure we'll talk about that some other time. You even became a GM for a little bit, uh, which was kind of fun, but you also showed that you could do comedy stuff, you know, with the little cowboy hats and, and all of the fun stuff that you did. But now here in 2003, we're focused. We've had another character shift. We're going to be, you know, a badass professional wrestler. Um, take me through sort of the evolution of how, we, when we land on this, uh, I'm going to test my metal against Brock Lesnar and I'm in the main event of WrestleMania. Do you have to sort of flip a switch internally or is it just, Hey man, whatever they hand me that day, I'm going to do my best. Uh, whatever they hand me that day. I, you know, I knew that Brock was going to be a formidable opponent. He's very physical, explosive, and strong. Uh, but, you know, my character did evolve, especially that year. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of uh, comedy skits and being really goofy. And, you know, after a year and a half, Vince McMahon decided that uh, my character needed to be a little bit more serious. He wanted people, he wanted, wanted to turn me uh, back to heel. I was babyface when I wrestled Austin uh, in 2001, and he wanted me to turn back heel. So he wanted me to be a more serious, intense heel. And uh, that's when the wrestling machine was born. 
that's when the Kurt Angle character became very serious. Yeah, and it's almost like you evolved from, you know, comedy character to wrestling killer. And the whole team angle thing really, really worked. Uh, I'm sure at some point we'll talk about that in more detail, but uh, you've got matching velvet jumpsuits. Both Haas and Benjamin get over very quickly, just being attached with you. It doesn't hurt that they're both incredible in ring performers. And it becomes a staple for SmackDown, where we're seeing consistently good matches in this era. Um, this era of SmackDown has been talked about as maybe the best era of SmackDown ever. Um, and it almost felt like it was positioned as the B show compared to raw and, and the performers maybe felt that and had a chip on their shoulder and the, the in-ring competition seemingly was much better matches on SmackDown than raw. Would you agree with that in that era? I think so. We had a really talented roster on SmackDown and, you know, we had, uh, the, the nickname is SmackDown six. Yeah. And we, uh, we, we carried the show very well. It was, you know, it was really difficult because the writing seemed to gear toward raw more than SmackDown. They, in other words, they would write all week for raw. And then when they would produce raw on Monday, next day they would say what are we going to do for smackdown right so you know they they did write but they didn't write as seriously so smackdown became a wrestling show so there was a lot more action a lot more wrestling it was more wrestling driven than storyline driven well and the wrestling carried over to the pay-per-views as well you talk about the royal rumble that year and you had a match with chris benoit and dave Meltzer said it was so good that it saved the show he gave it a four and three quarter stars match uh, and then at no way out the best match on the card, not a surprise, uh, Benoit and Lesnar against the angle, Benjamin and Haas. He rated it four stars as well. I mean, you guys are really hitting your stride here in ring. Um, in 2003, are you feeling the pressure of being on SmackDown and being sort of one of the leaders of that brand? Or is that not really something you're even thinking about? I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just focused on having the best matches I could, um, you know, especially with Chris Benoit. I just had knee surgery and, you know, I was came back from that. And I didn't even think my match with Benoit was that good until I watched it over. Mm. And uh, it was like, wow, this was this is one. This is my best match in my career. Um, it, it was there, there was a lot of submission trade-off, a lot of false finishes, great story, a lot of technical wrestling. It had the whole ball of wax. And, you know, I carried that into, you know, the pay-per-view of No Way Out with Brock and Chris and uh, Team Angle where we had a tag match. And um, there uh, we, we did have an excellent match, but that's where I got injured. That's awesome. where I injured my neck. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Let's, um, let's talk about SmackDown a little more. Paul Heyman is, is one of the driving forces creatively for SmackDown in this era, I believe. And, um, I think some of that changes just the weeks before WrestleMania 19, Paul Heyman coming in in 2002 to sort of help the blue brand. Was that a good thing? I mean, did you, did you click creatively with Heyman? Yes, I did. I, I, I think Paul is uh, very talented. I think that he comes up with excellent ideas and concepts. Uh, you know, him coming in definitely helped us out. Uh, you know, the, it seemed like, you know, like I said before, the writing was more geared for Raw. But when Paul came in, you know, we, we, we were safe. You know, SmackDown was 
uh, taken care of because, you know, he, he has a great mind for wrestling for the business and he comes up with some crazy things, but they, they, most of the time they all, they work almost all the time that Paul is, uh, you know, he, he's the one that wanted me to change gears and become the wrestling machine. And, uh, that, that's what I did. I, I backed it up. Uh, I want to remind everybody Brock had just won the 2003 Royal rumble. So he's the number one contender now for the WWE championship. Also just to add a little context to this, Heyman had been an on-screen character in addition to, you know, being involved in creative, he turned on Brock at survivor series, joins the big show and, uh, takes Lesnar's first title away in the process. Uh, so as the weeks roll on the feud shifts from sort of Brock versus Heyman to now Brock versus angle. And it's going to be the greatest matchup of NCAA division one heavyweight champions in history. Um, when you know, or I guess I should ask, when did you know I'm main eventing WrestleMania and I'm doing it with Brock Lesnar. Did you know before the rumble? Uh, yes, I knew before the rumble. I, um, you know, I, I ended up, uh, winning the title from big show and Brock and a match I believe was in December. That's right. Am I? Yes. And uh, I, I knew that uh, Vince McMahon wanted a program between Brock and I. And Brock was only just started like maybe six months prior, uh, before December. And he, he was relatively new. Right. But he was kicking butt. He, he, had, he, he had a big impact on the business. His work rate was incredible. Uh, he looked like a monster. Uh, you know, he had all the tools necessary to become a hugely successful professional wrestler. And, uh, I knew that, you know, Brock got it. He, he was, you know, he got the entertainment aspect and he, you know, the work that he did, he, he, he's one of the best technical workers in the business, especially when he wants to sell for you. Right. Brock is, you know, he, I, I remember a match between him and AJ Styles, uh, couple of years ago. And, you know, I told Brock, he said, well, what about this AJ kid? Is he, you know, is he any good? I said, he's really good. I said, if you sell for him, Brock, you're going to have a five-star match. And Brock sold for him. And it was, it was incredible. Yes, it was. Um, that was the type of match that I wanted to have with Brock. I just, Brock had to sell in order to make the fans believe that I could win. What was your relationship like with Brock back in 03? You know, it's been talked about a lot that there was a, I don't know, professional rivalry, at least based on your amateur status. And, uh, there's the famous story that I'm sure we'll talk about sometime, but were you guys pals at the time, you know, just coworkers, what was the relationship like with you and Brock? Well, well when it started, we were, you know, we knew of each other and well aware of what was going on. And, you know, he, he had, he had a, a great, um, uh, what was the question just asked me? What was your relationship like with Brock in Oh three? Like were you guys, my yeah, my relationship with Brock, we, we got along really well. We, we didn't know each other very well, but you know, uh, what happened was, and I don't want to get deep into the story, but, you know, Brock, someone asked him how you do against me in an right. amateur wrestling match. And Brock said, I would crush him. I'm too big for him. And that was like, okay, we have a problem. <laughs> I'm going to have to confront, 
confront Brock because when the boys start talking, you know, it just it gets builds. really crazy. And yeah. 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 It really builds. So I, you know, I approached Brock and said, so you said you could beat me in a wrestling match. And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, let's go right now. And he said, no, no, I don't, I don't want to get in the ring. I, I have my sandals on. I said, well, we'll wrestle barefoot. And he said, no, no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. And I said, well, just be careful what you say. So not to get into the story, that was the beginning of it. And, but Brock and I, it actually broke the ice mm. um, between us because now we could start communicating and feel comfortable around each other. And be, within a couple of weeks, we were traveling together. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. When we were doing the program together. We were traveling together. Uh, <laughs> big show, Brock and I all together. We, wow. were, we had that threesome uh, program. So I got to know Brock very well during that time. It's been said a lot that, that he absolutely hated travel was, how was he as a traveling companion? Well, he hated travel so much. He bought a private plane so he (laughs) wouldn't have to go to airports. (laughs) So, you know, he hired a, um, a pilot and his pilot lived in his basement. So he, uh, he set himself up really good and, you know, he just, he, he didn't like the travel. He didn't want to be on the road all the time. I mean, that's the reason why he stopped wrestling. That's yeah. why he tried out for pro football, the NFL, because he he wanted to be in a city where he could train and compete and not leave except for eight weeks a year where he'd have to travel to another town to have a football game every Sunday. Uh, so that it was less travel and more at home, and that's what Brock likes. He likes to be at home. Saturday and Sunday morning cartoons were one of the best parts of growing up. And so was eating cereal, but eventually we have to give that up. You realize it's full of sugar and other junk you probably shouldn't be eating. Besides, if you want to become a wrestling machine, an Olympic gold medalist, and you're a hero, it's true, it's true. You got to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food, but you're probably going to think, man, I can't eat anything anymore. If you've been drinking protein shakes and powders, well, here's another way to get your protein before or after your workouts. And right here in the new year, we're all trying to eat a little better, but a healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Thanks to magic spoon. They've got all the amazing flavors you love without all the bad stuff. Check this out. Zero sugar, zero sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein. And of course, only four net grams of carbs in each serving. There's only 140 calories in each serving. By the way, it's keto-friendly, it's gluten-free, it's grain-free, it's soy-free, it's low-carb and GMO-free. They've got an awesome variety pack now with cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. i got to tell you, this peanut butter stuff tastes exactly like peanut butter cup. you got to check it out. It's a favorite at my house. You're going to love it, too. By the way, this tastes exactly like regular cereal that you grew up on as a kid, but it's super nutritious, and it's delicious, but now it's a very healthy cereal that really brings joy to your mornings or afternoons. Check it out right now. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash angle to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code angle at checkout to save $5 off your order. By the way, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, you get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com 
forward slash angle and use the promo code angle to save $5 off. And we thank magic spoon for sponsoring our podcast and an awesome breakfast. Well, unfortunately, uh, you're going to need to be at home a little bit. It comes out in the observer on March 10th, 2003 angle, the most valuable full-time performer in the company had an MRI on his neck on March 3rd. And the results came out that angle has severe neck damage. He'll be the eighth WWE wrestler over the past few years to undergo neck surgery under Dr. Lloyd Youngblood in San Antonio, which will put him out of action for about one year. His symptoms, including shooting pains down both of his arms, numbing in the fingers and a burning sensation in the neck had gotten worse while on the South African tour this past week. He continues from there, but he basically breaks down that it was a big spot in a match with Brock Lesnar at the no way out show on February 22nd in Montreal. That's where the injury happened, but it worsened after a match in Cape town with Chris Benoit, where the pain was supposedly incredible. What can you tell us about the injury and, and your visit with Dr. Youngblood? Well, I, my, when I got injured, I had Brock in a chokehold and I had him down on the mat and he, he got up and picked me up on his back and went from one corner of the ring to the other and sprinted as hard as he could. And he turned sideways. And when we hit the turnbuckle, my neck whiplashed sideways and I heard nothing but cracking and crunching in my neck. Mm. Uh, I knew something was wrong. My arms went numb. I lost uh, strength in my left arm right away. Uh, I knew something serious occurred. And, um, you know, when we, after the match, you know, we ended up having to go to South Africa and I went to the hotel and I went to lift work out to see test my strength and I went to do a curl with 20 pounds with my left hand and I couldn't curl it um it, it was there was no strength left so the match with Chris um it just got worse and uh so I I I stayed on the tour but I didn't wrestle anymore and um I knew that I'm gonna I was gonna have to go see a doctor when I got back I knew it was pretty serious so when we got back from South Africa, I went to see Dr. Youngblood and his diagnosis was, you know, four herniated discs, two of them lodged in my spinal cord. I believe I had two broken uh, vertebrae and uh, he said that I would have to have surgery and that I would be out a year. So when I got home after that doctor's trip, when I visited Dr. Youngblood in Texas, uh, I had a doctor call me and say, hey, I, uh, my name is Dr. Joe. I read about you in the paper, and I want to uh, take a look at you to see if I can help you out. And I thought he was a crazy chiropractor. I thought, you know, this, this guy's talking about a new surgery, innovative surgery that, uh, you know, no one's ever done. And uh, it, it's basically neck repair. And he, he goes in and he cuts out part of the disc that's blocking the nerves or that's lodged to the spinal cord. He cuts part of that out so it's no longer attached to the spinal cord. It's just a small repair. It's pretty basic. And it only takes two months to heal back from it. So it was either having fusion and being out a year or getting a temporarily repaired and continuing on um, after two months. And I chose the second surgery with Dr. Joe. And uh, he, 
you know, he did it. it. It worked. And I was back in two months. It was relatively quick. Well, my return after the WrestleMania match. There's so much to unpack here. Let's talk yeah. about the, the injury at the pay-per-view with Brock. You know, there's this old school adage that we fans have heard, you know, that there's an attitude amongst the boys that, you know, you don't tell anybody that you're hurt. You keep it to yourself. You try to work through the pain when you know something is seriously wrong and you hear that crunching before you go do the dumbbell lift. I'm saying when you come back through the curtain after the match with Brock, do you communicate to anyone? Hey, I'm hurt. Or do you want to try to self-assess first before you disclose that? Well, for me, you know, I think everybody knew that I wouldn't complain over something small. Right. So when I got back, I was, I was in a lot of pain and I knew something wrong had happened. And I talked to the company doctor and told him my symptoms. And he said, uh, well, we're, you're going on tour and, uh, do you want to, you just want to go home? And I said, no, I'll try, I'll try to work through it on the tour and see if it's just temporary. And it wasn't that, you know, the next the day when we flew to South Africa, uh, I was in excruciating pain on the whole flight over. It was really hard to deal with and very uncomfortable. So I knew that I, I needed some serious surgery. So you get the MRI done, you have the conversation, uh, with young blood and before Dr. Joe calls, does it go through your mind? You know, because let's just strip away being a famous athlete and celebrity and all that. There has to be part of the, Hey, I'm a father and a dad and a provider. Uh, what's going to happen to my income if I'm gone for a year, does that even cross your mind? Or did you just know WWE would have your back no matter what? I, I knew WWE would have my back, but, but the thing is in this business, you get very few opportunities yeah. and you have to prove yourself over and over again. So, you know, when you, when you're out a year, um, you know, you, you tend to get a little bit unconfident. Like you think that the company's forgetting about you. And that was the mistake I made because I probably should have had the first surgery and waited a year and let it heal and, and go from there. But I ended up doing the second surgery and I had to, I had to produce and I, I wanted to get back to the show as quickly as I could. That's, that was my mindset, especially knowing that I was going to main event WrestleMania. It was, you know, the, that, that was a very important point in my life and a very important moment that I knew that I would cherish forever. So I knew that this might be the only time that I would main event WrestleMania. And it actually was. So in hindsight, you know, you, you maybe wish you would have done it a little differently, but you still would have tried to gut it out and make the match happen just for history purposes. Right? Yes. I, uh, you know, I, at first when I, you know, came back from South Africa and I got the diagnosis from the doctor, you know, I told Vince, I'm going to have to have surgery and, you know, I'm going to have to skip WrestleMania. And he said, you know, I'll call you back. I, I have an idea. Let me talk to the writers. I'll call you back. So he decided that um, we were going to have a match before WrestleMania and uh, on SmackDown. And, uh, and I was going to drop the title to Brock. And I believe Brock was going to go to WrestleMania and uh, face a new opponent 
for the main event. So I think they were going to substitute Chris Benoit, I believe. So uh, he was basically going to take my place. And, uh, you know, I, I, it bothered me. And, you know, the, the next day I went to my neighbor's house and there's a really good kid named Johnny. He has Down syndrome. Great kid. Uh, just really nice and friendly and a big wrestling fan. And he said, Kurt, I'm so sad you're not going to be wrestling against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And I said, yeah, it's, it's pretty upsetting, Johnny. He said, I wish you would. And it, it, it stuck with me. And I thought, I'm going to call Vince and tell him I'm going to choose to have surgery after WrestleMania. See if he goes for it. Yeah. You know? So I, uh, I called Vince and I said, hey, uh, why don't we have the match at WrestleMania? And uh, I'll have the surgery. I'll wait and put it off. I said, I know my, my arm's atrophying, but, uh, you know, another couple of weeks is not going to hurt. So let's, let's have the match. And he said that you need to get it approved by your doctor. And I'm sorry, Kurt, but we have a match that's advertised on TV the past week. And uh, it's, it's at SmackDown before WrestleMania, you're wrestling Brock and Brock's beating you for the title. I said, well, you know, that we're going to have to change that, Vince. And he said, well, you're going to have to have the match. And I said, well, what can we do so I could retain the title and move on to WrestleMania without affecting the SmackDown match? And he said, let me call you back. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he always says that when he's trying to come up with ideas. Let me call you back. So I, I waited a couple hours. He called me back. He goes, we have an idea. We're going to use your brother, Eric. And uh, he looks just like you. We're going to dress him up just like you. Put the hood on his head, the team angle hood. And uh, we're going to we're gonna pull a switcheroo on Brock uh, on SmackDown the week before WrestleMania. So when I got to the ring uh, that night on SmackDown, I, I got in the ring went to the corner and started praying in the corner with my head on the turnbuckle and Brock Lesnar's music uh, hit and the lights went out. Well, little did anyone know my brother Eric was put underneath the ring with the same outfit as me before the show. So when Brock came out and the lights went out, I rolled out of the ring. My brother rolled in and uh, replaced me and went in the same position as me. So Brock thought it was me when he came down the ramp and into the ring and he attacked my brother, beat him up and F five them and went to cover him and saw that it wasn't me. And he took a second look. He got up and take a second look. And I, I snuck in the ring and rolled him up for a quick one, two, three. So I retained the title uh, to go on the WrestleMania for the main event. So it was pr pretty cool. Little angle. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the match that fans were hoping for. It was in my hometown in Pittsburgh, uh, SmackDown, but um, uh, it, it got me to WrestleMania, which was the most important thing. Pretty creative idea. Do you know who deserves the yeah. credit for that? <clears throat> I believe either Vince or Brian Gore. Uh, they're, they're the two ones that came up with a lot of the great ideas of the Kurt Angle character. You did an interview with uh, with Chris on YouTube, and, and you said, I broke my neck three times in a WWE ring. Let's see. Brock Lesnar hit me once with a chair and broke my neck. Also, the second time there was with Brock. I was, uh, on my back against the corner 
ran out and he hit me in the neck. I felt a whiplash and my two vertebrae broke instantly. So they went twice with Brock. I guess the question (laughs) is, is Brock Lesnar dangerous or is this just luck of the draw? Bad luck. Well, it was, it was actually my fault. The second time, the first time it happened was when he slung me into the corner sideways and my head whiplash. That was the first one at no way out. The second one was about eight months later. Um, I came back after two months after WrestleMania and I wrestled the next six months and we had a, a show where Brock had to hit Chris Benoit and myself with chairs and uh, Chris told him earlier, I want you to swing sideways because of my neck. Mm-hmm. He had surgery on his neck a couple years prior and didn't want it to, to re-injure it. I forgot to tell Brock that. Mm-hmm. So when Brock brought the chair, he brought it hard. He went over top, right on top of my head. And I mean, that, that my vertebrae cracked. Three of them cracked immediately. And uh, I knew my neck was screwed. I knew it again. You know, I was in dire straits and I was going to be out for a while. And I was, that's when I believe I took the GM job after that happened. And I believe it was in December. You, um, you obviously are at this point are a neck expert. Uh, thankfully we don't see chair shots to the head anymore. Very often. I know Cody Rhodes tried to bring them back a few years ago. And thankfully that didn't happen. Um, but the pile drivers also banned. You've taken your fair share of pile drivers before that was banned. Do you consider that to be as dangerous as a chair shot to the head? No, I don't. But you know, a pile driver can be serious if you don't do it right. Right. And you know that. And the the thing is, one little slip could cause you know insurmountable damage. So you know, I, I understand why they, you know, they made it illegal. Uh, they, you're not allowed to use it because, uh, you know, there, there have been people that have gotten injured, but most of the time, nobody does get injured from it. Uh, I just think that you take a chance when you do something like that. Well, the WWE reportedly is going to ask you guys to stop taking as many chances around this same time. Edge has a neck injury. Randy Orton's injured. Dave Batista's injured. Bubba Ray Dudley's injured. This is all within the span of a few weeks. And Meltzer speculating in the observer that he thinks the WWE is going to crack down and and start doing a more safer style. Uh, Do you remember there being any discussions about maybe we need to change the rings or we need to change the styles or we need to start banning moves. What was the sort of tone and tenor of the relationship with talent in the office as these injuries start to pile up? Well, they, they, they started banning moves. Uh, it was, you know, it was something that happened instantly. You know, Vince McMahon just said, Hey, from now on, no more over the head, belly to bellies. Uh, we're going to crack down on Germans unless you're Kurt or Brock, um, and Chris Benoit, uh, cause we were, we were hitting the Germans pretty safely. So he didn't want to you know, paint us in a corner where we were limited. So, right. you know, our, our German move is a big part of our offense. So, you know, he was, he was forbidding moves from occurring. So, uh, you know, the, the chair shots, the, you know, pile driver of the German suplex, belly to belly suplex over the head. Uh, these were all banned uh, from other wrestlers and rightfully so. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we can all use a little more right now of sex. What about great sex? Guys, now you can improve your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. It's bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the world's first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you, all in a discreet package. No awkwardness, and you don't need to leave the house. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code, angle just pay five dollars shipping again that's b-l-u-e-c-h-e-w.com and the promo code is angle to try it for free blue chew is the better cheaper choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast and remember when you support our sponsors you help make this podcast possible so please be sure to use promo code angle at bluechew.com let's talk a little bit about neck pain and, and your injury. I mean, I know this sounds silly, but there's a lot of folks who are listening to this, who have never had an injury like this. And of course you famously won the Olympics with a broken freaking neck. And I think that, <laughs> yes, I did. I, I think that injury <laughs> happened in 95, but now you've, you know, had a few problems since then, uh, as we get to Oh three here, how was, I mean, can you sort of describe what the challenge was like and what the pain was like to someone who maybe has never had an injury like this? Well, there's really nothing you can do about it. You know, it's, it is what it is and it affects your body. Uh, you know, you, when you can't feel your arms and you're having pain, uh, shooting down your arms and you lose strength in your arms, it, you know, it's something pretty serious. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's really difficult to, uh, to accept you, you don't want to accept anything like that you, you you want to deny that it happened and you want to you know get past it and there's no way around it you have an injury and you're going to have to let it heal or you're going to have to have surgery what what's a comfortable position at the time you know sometimes you hear guys say oh man i couldn't sleep laying down i had to sleep in a recliner i had to sleep sitting up i can't get comfortable in this position or that position is any of that an issue here or is it just something where you physically can't do what you normally could in a match or in a gym? Well, I, I couldn't sit up. I had to be laying down, um, you know, no gravity, just I see. on my back. Uh, the, the gravity was causing my neck to, you know, hurt and swell. And, uh, you know, it was putting, you know, the gravity was putting pressure on my, on my nerves and my neck that were getting blocked from the discs. So, you know, it's, it was tough. It was really hard thing to, to, to work through. And, uh, you know, the only way I could make it, you know, feel relief was being on my back laying down. Probably a lot of time on an inversion table too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the inversion table is good for the neck and back. And I, I was doing it quite a bit. So, uh, it does give you some relief and, you know, I started, couldn't use it at the time, but I started using a, uh, uh, traction neck device, uh, once my neck healed and that, that, 
put space in between your vertebrae so that your discs and your nerves are running fluently. And uh, I started doing that once I healed after the surgery. You've, uh, you've been pretty open about your struggles with uh, prescription painkillers. And this feels like a time where that would be easy to rely on here with a, with a bad neck. And you're trying to just make it to WrestleMania. How big of a role in your life were opioids at this point? Wow. Uh, the first time, you know, Brock broke my neck in 2003, uh, in February, that's when I was introduced to painkillers. And the second I took them, I loved them. Uh, there was Relief. nothing that was going to, yeah, there, I just, it gave me, it, it took the pain away. It gave me, um, energy, uh, it got me up. It, I mean, uh, it's obviously, I, I don't know if it's an upper or a downer, but it made me feel really energetic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously that's the, you know, that's the opioid working. Right. So, yeah. You know, it was, so I, I started taking them and, you know, when one didn't work or, you know, it, it wore off and I started taking two and then two went to four, four went to eight, eight went to 16 I, I ended up, I was, I, I got completely out of control. I was taking 65 extra strength Viking in a day Wow! Uh, before, before I started trying to fix the problem. And I got myself in a hole thing is your body builds a tolerance to opioids. Right. So once you're, you know, you, you do them for a while, uh, they're not going to work. You're going to have to double the supply and then you're going to have to triple it and quadruple it. And I got myself dug into a hole and I had to get myself out. I didn't realize that that all started with this injury on the way to WrestleMania 19. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had, I had a lot of issues and I, I started weaning off. And then when Brock broke my neck again, eight months later with the chair uh, back on it again. And I, I didn't come off of that till gosh, at least another year and a half. I was, I was really, and the thing is, I, I didn't really tell anybody. I hit it pretty well. Um, you know, Vince didn't know it was occurring. Uh, a couple of the boys saw me sneaking pills and they knew I was taking them, but they didn't know how many. And, uh, but they also knew nobody that knew hurt. I had a serious problem like that. Well, also, too, you know, I don't want you to fall on your sword too much here. Painkillers are a part of, of, professional athletics. Like if you're going to be physical and you're going to be injured, you're going to occasionally need a little help here and there. And that's not uncommon. And they exist in every locker room wrestling or otherwise it's when it gets out of hand that it becomes a problem. But, um, I don't think anybody would, would judge you for you broke your fucking neck. You, you, like, you I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're going to need some help there. No, you're right. I, I, you know, there the thing is it was it was hard to deal with because i knew i had a problem and i was just trying to find a way out i you know uh, once i injured my neck and uh the second time with brock um you know i got the gm job and you know i started to, i was being wheeled around the wheelchair and it was a you know pretty mean character and uh, I got really self-absorbed in the painkillers at that point. It was really bad. And the people I was hanging around with, I'm not going to say names, sure. but you know, they were, 
they were a bad influence. So I, you know, I, the people I was traveling with just wasn't, you know, it wasn't the right thing for me. And, you know, I had to get myself straight. So eventually I did. Let's talk about that moment in time when you're sort of going back and forth about what to do or not to do in regards to WrestleMania, your traveling companion uh, at certain points was Brock Lesnar. Are you having conversations with Brock about what to do or not to do? Or do you just make that decision on your own or is he like, come on, man, we can figure this out. I'll take care of you. What's that look like? Well, Brock did say that he, he actually had an influence on me about considering, uh, continuing continue the match at WrestleMania, you know, Brock said, Hey, don't worry, man. I'll, I'll make sure you're okay. I won't, you know, I won't injure you. Uh, you you'll be all right. I'll, I'll be extra careful. Uh, Brock really wanted to wrestle me at WrestleMania. Right. And, uh, I didn't want to let him down. So, uh, you know, that's when I decided I was going to, uh, approach Vince about, uh, Make, making sure that I wrestled at WrestleMania. I, I wanted to do it. And Brock gave me that confidence to want to do it. Let's, uh, let's talk about Benoit because Benoit had, had been looking for his opportunity to, you know, be on the big stage. And it feels like maybe he's going to have a shot to main event of WrestleMania. It doesn't happen. We know it winds up happening the next year at WrestleMania 20. Do you have a conversation with Chris about your sort of hokey pokey status of you're in and you're out. No, I, I didn't talk to Chris at all. Um, I actually didn't know, uh, Chris was the, um, I guess the, um, backup plan. Un- unheard of b- opponent. Yeah, yeah. The secret opponent for Brock. I didn't know that till after WrestleMania. I see. So, you know, Chris, uh, you know, I just had that match with him at Royal rumble and, uh, we, we didn't really talk after that. So I didn't really communicate with them about it. You didn't talk after that almost implies that you guys were cross or at odds. That's probably not the case. You just didn't cross paths again. Yeah. We, you know, I, we had the pay-per-view match at no way out, you know, but Chris and I, you know, we, we had a good relationship, but it wasn't real close. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, not like him and Eddie or, you know, him and Chavo or, him and professional. Ray. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were more professional, but you know, I, I like Chris. He, you know, he, he was a good guy and you know, it's a, you know, it's a shame what happened, but you know, nothing, yeah. you know, it's a, it is what it is. Hey, real quick. I want to remind you if you've got credit card debt, or if you're in a 30 year loan, save with Conrad.com can get you the best deal you've ever had. Can we get you a better interest rate on your mortgage? Absolutely. Can we help you pay your house off faster and keep roughly the same monthly payment? We do it all the time. What about credit card debt? Can we help you knock that out? 100%. We should mention we routinely help our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. We're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? Hurry to savewithconrad.com. NLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, let me and my staff at First Family Mortgage help you get 2021 started right. Save a boatload of cash at savewithconrad.com. Let's talk about what Meltzer wrote uh, in late March in The Observer. He says, if Angle is to aggravate his condition and it ends his career, everyone will be second-guessing this forever. McMahon's judgment will be questioned greatly. 
This is risking the career and potentially the long-term health of what most internally consider the company's most valuable performer going forward because of one pay-per-view show where his presence really isn't going to even make a significant difference in the buys. McMahon has been in this position before, both with Michaels and in 1987 with Andre, the giant who went into the Hulk Hogan match, largely incapacitated to the point he could only wrestle four matches over the next year. So I guess in hindsight, it was a pretty major risk. We know for the most part, it worked out. Um, but do you think Vince worried, you know, did, did he just trust his athlete to make a good decision or was Vince worried that you might be making a decision that was maybe not the best one? Well, I think that, you know, Vince probably wanted to save the pay-per-view and I mean, it was a, a big card, a lot of big names, but I think that, you know, the, the, I guess the, the value of wrestling, uh, the, the quality of wrestling that Brock and I would bring to the table for WrestleMania was a lot different than the other matches. You know, we were more of an amateur wrestling background and uh, more technical. And I think that Vince wanted that added to the pay-per-view. So, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't really, when I told him I wanted to do it, he wasn't like, you can't Kurt, you, you know, your, your neck's broken and you, you know, you can't do this. He was more, you know, let's see if the doctor clears you and, if he does, let's, let's do it. But, you know, you got to be careful. And, uh, you know, I, I took his advice and I think that I made the right move, but you know, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. And I, uh, you know, Vince, Vince did have an influence on me. In his book, Brock Lesnar wrote that he believed you forged on with the match because you wanted to collect that monster WrestleMania main event payday. <laughs> and he didn't blame you. Uh, Meltzer reported that this is probably going to be your largest one night payoff of your career. And depending on how the business went and how the purse was split, it could be up to half a million dollars. I'm not going to ask you to reveal any numbers here, but was <laughs> WrestleMania 19, your biggest payday? It was not, but it was one of my highest paydays. Um, my match with Shawn Michaels was my biggest payday Okay, at WrestleMania 21. I think, uh, because it was a feature match and, it was Sean and myself and, you know, there it was no title on the line. So we weren't main eventing, but it was, it was a, a, a dream match. Yeah. And I think that that's the reason why Vince paid me more for that match than the other matches. You know, I main evented WrestleMania 19 sort of WrestleMania 20. Cause I was in a world title match sure. WrestleMania 22 which I was in a world title match, but they weren't on last, very right. last. But I made the same money on all three of those main events. But Sean's match, I made a little bit more. In, in hindsight, how important was going on last? I mean, just as the competitor, you know, the, I mean, we know you're a competitor like nobody else. You won the Olympics, but that has to be important, right? To go on last, to say that you got to go on last. It makes sense. It's, the most traditional thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, when you, when you have the last match, you're, you're the main event. You're the feature of the show. Yeah. And, uh, every athlete, uh, aspires to be that, uh, everybody that that's what we're all there for. We all want to be in the main event. Just only two can do it. So it's, it's a pretty tough, uh, 
uh, you know, a wall to overcome. Let's talk about Dr. Youngblood before we move on to the match and talk about WrestleMania. I want to mention Dr. Youngblood, just as a reminder to everyone listening to this, this is the guy in San Antonio who helped put Rhino stone cold, Steve Austin and Benoit and edge all back together. So he's sort of the, the prototype. He is the example. If you have a neck injury, this is who you go. See, you're going to be out a year. This is what it's going to look like. And, and you go a different way. And supposedly young blood gets wind of this and sent the company a memo explaining that, uh, if you wrestle uh, that you should never wrestle another match regardless. And I believe it's even suggested that he wanted to fuse not one or two, but four vertebrae. And that means there's no coming back. And I think he only did that because he realized you were going to go a different direction. Does any of that ring true? Do you remember any of that happening or is this all still something from the observer that isn't exactly the story? Well, uh, part of it is true. Um, you know, Dr. Youngblood did tell me that, um, he would have to fuse more than two. He right. didn't say four, but I was guessing three. And, uh, I knew that if I did that, I wouldn't be able to wrestle anymore. So, it's crazy how God works in crazy ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I got home, another doctor called me and gave me an option. Right. And it was like, okay, you know, I, I can do this. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a tough decision because Dr. Youngblood was so reputable and he did, um, he did help, you know, Rhino and edge and Austin, but to have to retire, uh, in the prime of my career, I just wasn't ready for that. So I made the choice to have the minimal surgery and continue the wrestle. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm suffering now for it. <laughs> you know, my body, you know, my neck, uh, I feel it every day. And, you know, I ended up having, um, two more surgeries after that. So on my neck, all repair surgery, uh, just to fix it up. Those are all temporary surgeries. Right. Eventually, someday I'm going to have to have a big surgery, and I'm just trying to hold off as long as I can. Well, when you say that, I'm curious. When you say I'm trying to hold off as long as I can, is it because you're nervous that your quality of life may be impacted even worse? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I'm going to be out of commission for a year, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have the big halo on my yeah. neck and you know for three three months four months uh it's gonna be it's just a quite a um it's you know it's it's an adjustment it would and, change your life for sure yeah and and definitely not during the pandemic i wasn't gonna do anything and especially with my kids being at home and i have to take care of them and watch them and oversee everything for me to be laid up in a bed for four months or six months is not gonna, yeah. it's not gonna work. So, you know, to, to wait for a little while and, you know, push it off. Uh, I do my daily maintenance every day for my neck and my back and my knees and all that stuff. And I continue to do it and it, it gets me through the day. So, uh, I'm okay with it right now. We haven't talked about it at all. And I realize circumstances are different. So maybe it's not even cool to bring up, but I got to ask when you're going through this, do I, or don't I conversation in 2003, 
you got to have a conversation with your wife about what to do or what not to do. What was she saying? Uh, she was just supporting me either way. Um, she didn't have a problem with it. It was, you know, I just brought it up to her and told her that I had to, you know, have a surgery and everything would be okay. Um, she was more concerned about the, the long-term effects of my neck yeah. and, you know, if Dr. Youngblood was a better choice and, uh, you know, I told her he probably is, but right now I don't want to have that type of surgery. I'd rather have the repair surgery and continue on. So she said that that's fine. Let's talk about WrestleMania 19 overall. It was very well received by fans. They gave the show 86.2% thumbs up in the observer. As far as best match on the card, there were really only two contenders. It was Sean and Jericho. And of course you and Brock, uh, the match itself goes 21 minutes and four seconds. Uh, it's for the, uh, the SmackDown championship. So I guess that's a little nod that shows you where SmackDown is. You know, we've, we've established that typically raw is the a show, but the SmackDown belt is on last. So you guys have been doing something right here, right? Yeah. I think it was just, it was new. Um, you know, Brock and I never main evented WrestleMania and, it was new and fresh, and I think that's the reason Vince uh, decided to have that main event match. And he knew that we would have the best match on the card. Well, you know, Sean and Jericho, of course, that's going to be, you know, one of the top two or the top match. It might have been better than ours, but, uh, you know, he just knew that the match we would have would be a dream match, and it would be incredibly technical and and flawless. And it was until the last move. <laughs> Talk to me. Last move of the night. <laughs> we're we're going to get there. I, there's this is okay. such a great match. And I hope that everyone listening to this will go watch, you know, since we're in WrestleMania season now, go watch the main event of WrestleMania 19 and, uh, enjoy one of the, uh, more interesting moments in Kurt Angle's career for sure. Uh, yes. one of the things I've always wanted to ask is I think typically the champion comes out last. You came out first here. What's up with that? I don't know why. Uh, I think that Vince wanted to build up Brock even more, uh, make him look like a, you know, uh, a, a bigger name of, you know, he was really new. I mean, Brock, you know, like I said before, maybe six months in the, you know, started on TV six months prior. So he was relatively new. And I think that Vince wanted to accent Brock as the, you know, the, the special, uh, attraction, you know, special, yeah. Special attraction of the night. And, and he did, I mean, Brock, you know, the, the whole show, I mean, if you talk about WrestleMania 19, the one thing you're going to talk about is the Lesnar angle yes, match yes. and, and what happened during it. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, Michael Cole's voice is completely gone by this point. And Meltzer would write, to explain angle shrinking left side, which has already begun to noticeably atrophy due to the nerve damage, which is not a good thing. They announced he had dropped from 237 pounds to 230 pounds, sacrificing some size because he's trying to pick up speed for the match. I never noticed this. Were you, were you, were you noticing that? I mean, were you losing weight because you weren't able to lift as heavy? Yeah. I, you know, I, I lost my appetite. I was, ha- I was in excruciating pain. Um, my left arm was uh, going numb all the time. I was losing strength. So, you know, I could tell noticeably after a couple of weeks that my arm started to atrophy and that it was getting smaller. So 
you know, it was, it was just the left arm and, you know, I, I knew I was in trouble and I need to have something done for my neck to, you know, just, to, it, it was, it was pretty scary at the time. Adfreeshows.com is the place to be as a wrestling fan. If you like current product, we have something for you. Maybe you love nostalgia. Again, then you are really going to enjoy the interactive experiences, live events, and all your favorite podcasts on video, including the brand new Kurt Angle Show at adfreeshows.com. Just this week, Conrad added another Adfree Shows exclusive weekly podcast with Chris Hero and is already getting rave reviews. Check out Chris sharing his thoughts on the recent evolution of NXT. Once they went live week to week, they started losing focus of what they wanted to do um, or what they wanted from the talent, rather, because the initial purpose of NXT was to have a television show to get talent ready for the main roster. They ended up into this lucrative deal with Full Sail and they got on Hulu and then the network came and now now the they capitalized on that niche fan as opposed to the casual fan that loves the the main WWE superstars. Chris drops other bombshells on this episode as well and he will be back each and every week so sign up today at adfreeshows.com and become a member now at any tier and receive a custom RSS feed link for all your apps. Not ready to subscribe? Then simply go to adfreeshows.com and listen to the show free each week. So what are you waiting on? Join the family. Go to adfreeshows.com right now and gain immediate access to everything mentioned and so much more. Of course, all ad-free. So become a part of the fastest growing wrestling community today at adfreeshows.com. Let's talk about what Meltzer wrote here, because I think this is, uh, worth discussing. They also did a lot of high level amateur technique looking almost to impress their amateur wrestling friends because most pro fans had never seen anything quite like it. It started slow angle was far more serious and didn't play to the audience, even in his condition, except for the fact that he had a concerned look on his face. He didn't shy away from any moves. He took bumps on his neck and a hard clothesline. There's a line between guts and bad judgment. And most of your top wrestlers at times cross it, but he was all the way into another state. <laughs> He's right about that. I, 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 you know, I, I told Vince we were going to take it easy. And, but when you go out there, you know, it's just the fire, the, the excitement, adrenaline. Um, yeah. Adrenaline just pumping and you want to do your very best and you want to put on the best performance you can. That's, that's what we do. I mean, that's that we take pride in that we, you know, it helps our egos. So, you know, the, to, to go in a match and take it easy. Sure. You can do that at an untelevised event, but this was WrestleMania and uh, there was no way I was going to, you know, do it half-assed. I was going to do everything I could. And I, I didn't have a lot of character in that match because I was focused on my neck and on the match yeah. and making sure I protected myself and that I didn't injure my neck any worse than it already was. But, you know, from a, a storyline standpoint, almost, you know, 
you guys are two legitimate amateur wrestlers and everybody knows that. So it makes sense that, Hey, we're not seeing sports entertainer, Kurt angle. This is Olympic Kurt angle here to win a match. Uh, it was a lot easier for me because, you know, uh, a lot of the pro wrestling moves, uh, you know, they, you have a lot of jarring on your neck, you know, obviously I was taking the bumps and everything, but, uh, amateur wrestling, I felt more at home there, more comfortable. So, you know, doing fireman's carries and single legs and takedowns, it was, um, more familiar to me, uh, than the pro wrestling. So it was, uh, I knew that that would separate us from other matches. And I knew that, uh, it would make the match better. I also want to mention, you know, it, it is cool that you're going on last and, and I understand when you want to go full bore physically, even if maybe it's not the best idea, because I want to add this to context. You're following rock Austin. This is Steve Austin's retirement match. The end of the trilogy between the two biggest stars, arguably in the history of the company, the rock and stone cold. And you've also got Hulk Hogan's match earlier on the card. It had been really heavily promoted. The Hogan McMahon thing got so much promotion. It was almost like it was the main event based on the poster and things like that. So it almost feels like knowing, you know, that you have to be the competitor you are to win the Olympics. You're going to go out there and prove, Hey, I belong here broken neck or not. Right. Yeah. It it was, you know, seeing the WrestleMania promotions and commercials and, you know, it was more prone toward the rock and stone cold and Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, I angle versus Lesnar wasn't as heavily advertised. And I, I don't know why I think Vince was a little tentative of the star power because Brock was new. I was relatively new three years yeah. in the business. Uh, but you know, you have rock and Austin that, have been established main eventers and, you know, they, they won numerous world titles and, you know, then you had the, 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 the street fight between Vince and Hulk Hogan, which was going to be a street fight, which, you know, not really a wrestling match, but it was, it it was going to add a different flavor to the pay-per-view. And I think we all brought that. So um, I would have preferred that we be advertised a a lot more, Yeah, but I think that, you know, Rock and Austin were the biggest names. Do you think in in hindsight, some of his hesitation to promote the match more could have been based in the fact that you were injured and he wasn't sure that he would be able to deliver it. Cause you don't want to tease and promote something and then not be able to deliver it. Right. You know, it's crazy. I never thought about that. And I think you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, Vince, I, I heard rumors that Vince was nervous that I would back out mm. and uh, not go through with the wrestling match at WrestleMania. So he was waiting for me to make a call to him to tell him that I wasn't going to do it. And uh, I, I never did call him. I, I, I continued on. So uh, I understand why he promoted the other matches more than mine, because he didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Meltzer would break down the match. He says angle even took a backdrop over the top rope. He did a German suplex where he flipped Lesnar all the way over. He also did a sick move where he German suplex Lesnar right into the turnbuckles, which looked awfully dangerous. I'm sure you've seen the match since in hindsight. Is there a move or two that you wish you hadn't have done that you thought were unnecessary risks or does that even cross your mind? 
the only move that um, that hurt me during that match because my adrenaline was pumping so hard that I could barely feel anything uh, was I had a Brock in an ankle lock and he kicked me off and I I took a bump and my neck whiplashed and I I got up and grabbed my neck real quick. It's the only time in the match that I grabbed my neck and uh, it was an easy bump. It just happened it was just the way i landed it was odd and uh, you know i didn't land flat on my back i landed on my lower back and my neck whiplash back and uh you know there was a shooting pain down my both of my arms and down my neck and it was it was pretty intense so you know i i i i do remember that being the one time that i feel like i re-injured my neck again well, let's talk about the big moment here. Uh, Lesnar hits an F five, but before he goes to the top rope for a shooting star press, Meltzer would right angle was out of the corner, but I've seen Lesnar hit that move before with a guy that was far out before the night he and Shelton Benjamin won the OVW tag team titles. He either slipped slightly or didn't get enough spring or takeoff, which was disastrous. He landed short right on his forehead. Angle alertly seeing the spot blown cradled him right away for a near fall, which got the crowd away from totally understanding the effect of what they had just seen and watching it back. You roll over your on your stomach after Brock lands, Michael Cole's trying to cover saying you rolled out of the way you go for a pin and somehow <laughs> Brock kicks out what's going through your mind. I mean, did you, I mean, obviously you knew he was going to do the shooting star, but when you see it not play out exactly as you hoped. You got to be thinking on your feet here, right? Well, when Brock was in the corner, I, I was looking out of the corner of my eye while I was laying in the ring. And when he went to jump, he hesitated and did a pause and just said, ah, fuck it. I'm going to go. <laughs> and, and I think that hesitation caused him to uh, fall off balance forward. So he couldn't get a full rotation when he turned backward to flip. And, um, he didn't quite make it. And I, I knew, gosh, I, when he landed, I thought he was, I thought he was dead. I, I thought he broke his neck. I thought he was dead. He wasn't responding. I said, Brock, are you okay? He wasn't saying anything. I went over and I covered him and I said, you got to kick, you got to kick. Cause I did not want to hold that title for another day. <laughs> right. So uh, I was kind of selfish <laughs> hoping Brock uh, would kick out. So I wouldn't have to hold the title. But um, he kicked out, and uh, I told him, can you get up? He said, I don't know. And I said, all right, I'll lift you up. And I went to lift him up. And I said, when I get you up, scoop me up in the air and F5 me and cover me. I said, can you do it? He said, I think so. So he went and did it, and he covered me. And then now, you know, he, he won one, two, three. And afterward, he was so disheveled. He was confused, didn't know where he was. Uh, he was supposed to come over and pick me up and hug me. We're supposed to become friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, he wasn't coming over. So I was like, I told the ref, tell him to come over. I'm down selling. I, he's supposed to pick me up. And he wasn't coming. So I walked to him and I hugged him and I said, you all right? He said, I don't know. And we got in the back and he, we had an ambulance waiting for him to take him to the hospital and he wouldn't go. He was not going to go. He was being stubborn. Angry. Uh, oh yeah. He was pretty pissed off. 
And I had to talk him into getting the ambulance to go to the hospital. And he eventually he did. The, uh, there's lots of rumors out there that you actually, or, or one of you suggested, should I try it again? There was never a consideration <laughs> for a shooting star a no, second time, right? No, no, but it was my idea. Um, Brock did, had no plans of doing the shooting star <laughs> press. I, I told him, Hey, I know you used to do it in OVW. This is a great WrestleMania moment. And boy, was it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. especially that he, he messed it up because, you know, everybody remembers the blotch spot. So, um, but either way, it would have been a great WrestleMania moment. It just, you know, it took the, it took a downturn and went for the worse than the better. But it is, it's a great WrestleMania moment. And it'll be remembered forever. It's a very important moment. Uh, Lesnar wrote in his book there. I stood on the top rope, both arms raised in triumph, my head back, letting the crowd take it all in. Then I launched the shooting star press. Every wrestling fan knows what happened next. My boots slipped off the wet rope. I saw the people. I saw the top of the arena. I saw the mat coming and then I saw Kurt singlet. So I thought I was okay. I under rotated crashed in spectacular fashion and gave myself a massive concussion. I damn near broke my neck. And I think that's probably worth mentioning. If, if rock, if Brock wasn't so jacked, I mean, a man with, with less muscle in his neck and shoulders and all that, he probably would have broken his neck there. Right. He should have been dead. Yeah. Yeah. He, he would have, you know, something like that, you know, the hitting that hard and just straight on your head was just what a scary moment. And, you know, you just didn't know if Brock you know, was going to get up or, or be able to walk again. It was, it was really scary. And, uh, you know, those, those are the chances you take when you do stuff like that. But I, I feel badly because it, it was my idea and Brock had no plans of using it. And uh, I talked him into it and I feel kind of bad about it. <laughs> well, the show goes off the air with Lesnar glassy eyed and blood coming from his nose. It was, uh, quite the spectacle. Meltzer gave the match four and a quarter stars in hindsight. You know, it was a major WrestleMania moment. As you said, if he hit the shooting star press, would we still be talking about it the way we do now? Or is, is the botch, the slip, what we really wind up talking about? I don't know. I think, I think the slip was pretty, you know, substantial. Sure. I think, I think that people probably wouldn't remembered, um, but it is impressive to see a 320 pound man doing a shooting star press. So I guess we'll never know which one would be the more popular moment, but you know, it could have gone either way. As far as the actual wrestling, just in the ring, this is probably the best in ring WrestleMania main event ever up to this point. Don't you think? From wrestling aspect, yes. Yeah. I think that uh, Brock and I put on a good, um, you know, clinic, and we 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 had everything represented there. Everything from amateur wrestling and pro wrestling. We we told a great story. We started out wrestling slowly, uh, build up, and you know, got into the heat, into the comeback, and then the finish. And uh, the match couldn't have been structured any better. And, uh, I, I guess I got to ask, you did an interview with, uh, Steve Austin on the broken skull sessions. And you said that you weren't always supposed to lose that match. I think the idea here is had you not been injured, if you didn't have the neck injury, you would have retained. Do you believe that to be the case still? 
Yeah, I was supposed to go on a lengthy title run. So this was this this changed because of my neck. I broke my neck, and um, I probably would have held the title to the falling mania. So uh, it, it was hard to accept because. When you think about that, all the main events you would do with the world title, you're going to make a boatload of money that year. And uh, that was all taken away from me. So, you know, it's kind of depressing, but what are you going to (laughs) do? It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable that, that everybody is okay on the other side of this. And, uh, Meltzer had high praise. He says it goes without saying that angles determination and what he sets out to do is off the charts, even for people in a business that can only make it to the top, uh, today. If one is obsessed beyond reason at doing so, it didn't appear angle damaged his neck any worse in the match, but did end up with a pulled hamstring, but a dangerous standard is being set while wrestlers are told there's no shame in taking time off. The pressure to do so is what the top guy said is the example. American wrestlers are becoming like the Japanese along with studying tapes of Kenta Kobashi. They need to read his medical history as well as revel in his latest match of this past year. Just like they will need to look in a few years to angle Austin, Michaels, and numerous others. In hindsight, what do you think of Dave's take there that maybe we're setting a, da- a dangerous precedent by continuing to press on in moments like this? Well, it, you know, it's the nature of the business. And I don't think the boys and girls in the business are going to change uh, the way they think. Right. I think uh, we all want to be the best, we all want to be in the main event all the time. And we're all going to fight to get there. Um, can we do it in a civil manner? Yes. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you want to feed your family. And the way you do that is making more money. So the business is all about making as much money as you can. It's not about winning a bunch of world titles. It's about making uh, a lot of money and, and you know, preserving it for your family. So, you know, when, when you have that to think about, you, you, you're not going to go in there half-assed and, and not do the things that you need to do to be successful. So, you know, I, main events are going to have dangerous moves regardless. Right. You, can't, you can't have a, a main event and go half-assed. So it, it's just one of those things that you're going to have to go full go all the time especially if you're a main event status wrestler. We should mention that less than two weeks after this match, you did wind up having surgery with uh, Dr. Joe there in Pittsburgh. Um, tell us about your surgery and, and how you felt afterwards or what your concerns were going in or what can you tell us about that? Well, he, this is surgery was a success. It was a huge success. Um, I felt relief right away when I woke up and, uh, you know, I asked the doctor, I said, what do I do to rehab now? He said, nothing. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I could just go back to working out. He said, yeah, you can work out today. I was like, wait a minute. Um, how is this possible? He said, I, I fixed your neck. You, you, your, your nerves are now running fluently down your arms. You have no more problems. Uh, you just have to be careful from the um, um, broken vertebrae. They're just cracked. You just have to be careful. You can't bump, you can't wrestle, but you can work out. You can lift and you can run. And uh, I started training right away, right after the surgery. Let's, um, let's also talk about the pulled hamstring. I read in the observer that you pulled the hamstring just 20 seconds into WrestleMania. 
Well, Brock, he's so damn strong. You know, we went to tie up the first time. He was nervous and, you know, he clutched me and he started pushing me really hard. And I was trying to push back and, you know, he pushed me all the way in the corner. And while I was pushing back, my hamstring just snapped. Uh, I pulled it and it hurt like a son of a gun, the whole match. But, you know, I got through it. I, I can't believe that I was able to get through it with that. Well, you know, the worst thing ever happened is, you know, when you're injured, you have a broken neck and then you injure something else. It's like, damn, what else is going to happen? You right. Know? So um, I, I knew that I, I had to stay focused. I, I couldn't let that affect me because we still had another 20 minutes left. And, you know, I, I, I had to pour it on and, and make sure that I backed up what I, what I said I was going to do. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to disappoint Vince and I didn't want to disappoint the fans. So I wanted to have the best match I could. I also want to remind everybody you're only 34 years old when all this is happening, you're going to turn 35 that December, but something else that was in the observer that really stood out to me that I've always wanted to ask is when angle had an MRI done on his neck and also revealed a cyst on his thyroid at the stages of cancer. Angle wasn't told about the cyst until after the mania match, but further tests done over the past week revealed the cyst as benign fluid buildup. That can't be real, right? They didn't withhold information from you until after WrestleMania. They did really. Um, I'm not sure who, who held it. I think it was my doctor, but, um, I don't think it was WWE, right? But, uh, they might've told the WWE doctor, but, um, they, they sent the cyst, uh, when they tested it, they sent part of it to see if it was benign. Uh, and it was, so, uh, they, they didn't have the results yet before mania. Right. So they were okay. going to wait it out until after. So they didn't want me to worry like, Oh my God, I might have cancer. And I, I'm, I'm glad they didn't. I, I, I respect that. I think that, um, that's the way I would want it to happen. A lot of people probably want to know ahead of time, but me, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want any uh, other bad news. So uh, I'm glad they held it for me until after mania. Well, listen, man, I don't know what I was expecting from this first episode, but this was a home run. This was so fun to go back and relive wow. one of the biggest moments in, in WrestleMania history. And certainly in your career, uh, as, as we start to wind things down, is there, Anything you want to close with or put a bow on this discussion about WrestleMania 19 and all the physical pain you were in and the match itself? It was uh, one of the most important times in my life because, you know, I, I showed a lot of courage and strength by overcoming my broken neck and wrestling at WrestleMania. And, you know, I had to do that in the Olympics too. I think that, you know, the Olympic uh, win uh, made me confident enough to do it again at WrestleMania because, you know, I performed the Olympics with my neck broken and, you know, same thing happened at WrestleMania. So at least I was familiar and I think that really helped me, but WrestleMania 19 was the most important match of my life. I, you know, only because it was, well, one, it was Brock Lesnar and two, it was the main event. And that's what I dreamed about when I got into pro wrestling. I won the main event WrestleMania and I did it. Yes, you did. And, uh, we're glad you did. And we're glad you're here. We're going to be back with you every single week here. Thanks to Westwood one. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter 
It's at the angle pod. Of course you can catch Kurt over at KurtAnglebrand.com. And I want to mention this, uh, you're selling autograph stuff. That's pretty cool. You can get an autograph cowboy hat, an autograph milk carton, tons of different photos. And, uh, man, it's pretty affordable. I'm seeing stuff in here. That's 26 bucks, 31 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I try to keep it affordable for the fans. Yes. Check it out, man. KurtAnglebrand.com. Uh, it's going to be uh, a great gift for the wrestling fan in your life, or you can get it personalized for yourself. Why not go ahead, snatch it up right now. KurtAnglebrand.com. <laughs> and, uh, let's tell everybody again, physicallyfit.com. You can go there. And by the way, when you click on where to buy, you'll probably see your city and your state listed. But if you don't check this out at the very bottom, there's a button that says order now online. All the products are there, all the great flavors, and, uh, they're only nine 99. So why not check them out? Give them a shot. There's something for everybody. Spicy Buffalo, sour cream and onion, honey, mustard, sriracha, and man, all the boys seem to like this. I see it all over Instagram. Every time I log in, somebody else is putting this over. This is good stuff. I haven't ran to anybody that didn't like them. Uh, they, they, they are a really quality product and I'm really happy that uh, to be a part of this company, this is, this is going to be huge for me. And I'm, I'm very excited about its future. So check it out. It's physicallyfit.com. Don't forget. You can get your autographs from Kurt. You can even pick up t-shirts and whatnot over at KurtAnglebrand.com, And you can keep up with us here at the angle pod on Twitter. Next week, we're going to do uh, something a little different. We're going to talk about the journey from the Olympics to the WWF. I think at first, maybe you weren't necessarily sold on the idea of being a professional wrestler. But <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> we're all grateful that you are. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot of great stuff planned this year. Uh, we're pumped to be here with you and excited for a big year. Tell your friends about your new favorite wrestling podcast. It's the Kurt Angle Show right here on Westwood One. Hey, before I let you go, I want to leave you with one last thing. If you're on the fence about going to savewithconrad.com, you're not sure if we can actually save you some money. I thought what better to do than to let you hear from an actual customer. This is a video message from satisfied client and friend of the family. Now, Mr. John Largent. Hey, Derek, this is John Largent in San Antonio. I just wanted to thank you and Jennifer and the team at first family for helping us with our mortgage. You guys were phenomenal. You were easy to reach out to and connect with and stay in constant contact with until the deal got done. I can't say enough good things about you guys. It's made a huge difference in our lives and I am going to recommend you to everybody that I know. And I'm a podcaster. I do podcasting for a, for a, a living. And so if you guys ever need uh, any free advertisement, you're going to get it through the network of shows that we do here because you have been phenomenal and I can't say enough. I wish you guys a, a happy new year. I feel like I know you, man. And uh, that's the way you guys made us feel as clients. So I really do appreciate it. And I wish you and uh, the team there at First Family all the best in 2021. Thanks a lot, man. Bye-bye. Hey, man. And happy new year to you. I'm glad we were able to help your family. But now I want to help your family. That's right. I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much find out right now for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket and we're licensed in more than 40 States. What are you waiting for? Hurry to save with Conrad.com NMLS number six, five, zero eight, four equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention if you haven't already made this month's house payment, you can skip your next two house payments. That's right. Your single biggest bill. You're just going to keep all that cash. Let's get the new year started right. Let's make it happen at savewithconrad.com. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.